On this week's episode of Two Peas, my special guest and co-host is Jonathan Fuji, a.k.a. The Film Drunk. You can find him drunk or sober on YouTube. All of his information is in our show notes. He does a lot of great videos over there focused on the Academy Awards and other notable award shows during award season. He's a movie guy. He's a movie buff. So this week, we are discussing the top five performances from past Oscar winners of the last 10 years. These are our favorite performances that won the Academy Award in acting since the year 2010. Please make sure you look up Jonathan at The Film Drunk on YouTube and enjoy this This week's episode of Two Peas. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. So glad that you've joined us again this week. It's another exciting episode, another exciting top five for a lot of different reasons. Probably the first reason up at the top is I have a first-time guest on the show. He's never been on the show before. I'm a fan of his. I follow him on Twitter. I follow him on YouTube. And he is a bit of an Oscars junkie, kind of like me. We're both Oscar guys. We get into award season pretty heavily. And that's kind of when he came into my radar the last few months, because, of course, the most recent Oscars season was really extended because of COVID. And I got to kind of start following this guy, but it's Jonathan, also known as the film drunk. Never been on What's two P's on? before. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. So tell me a little bit, Jonathan. So I know you have your YouTube channel and you do a lot of really yeah. cool video edits. I'll put the information down below in the show notes for everybody to check you out because I think they should. So what exactly, because you're a young dude, right? Well, how old are you? Yeah, I'm 23. So what? where did this kind of love for these old white dude movies come, <laughs> come from for you? I'm curious uh, about that. Oh, man. Uh, when you well, when you put it that way, it makes me think. Um, you know, that's that's a good question. I I guess I'm really into basketball. Mm-hmm. So you know, go Phoenix, Phoenix Suns, let's go. Um, so I, I I guess the best way to put it is when I really got into movies, I was like, okay, like this is great, like I'm I'm really enjoying it, everything like that, whatever, whatever. Maybe it's because I love basketball. But the Oscars kind of has like a sense of like competition, sure. and I know that's partly why people don't like the oscars is because you know they think these are movies why are we pinning them up against each other Mm -hmm. i get it listen the oscars like they don't have a say in what makes a movie good but you can't lie it's kind of exciting it's exciting and it's rewarding when someone makes something awesome and they get rewarded for it like look at parasite a few years ago that felt amazing oh yeah so i i guess that's partly where it comes from but it's just fun honestly yeah i mean parasite you mentioned that one that was one of the more like surprises but also one of the best feelings i had as an oscar viewer because usually it's super predictable and parasite wasn't predictable (laughs) by myself even so So good that was really cool man and um you know there were a couple movies in the race this year too you know nomad land i'm okay with but uh, you know it's obviously a beautiful movie chloe Zhao's awesome but there were a couple other movies that were a little less oscary that were in the race this year that I had my fingers crossed for, but they didn't pull a parasite on us. They didn't really do any huge surprises this year. With which, which one were you hoping for, for the most? Promising Young Woman is the one I've championed the most. That was my yeah. favorite film of the past year. So, And I love nice. Minari as well. But yeah. there so, you go. Those are probably my top two. But nice. Okay, man. So why don't, So we're doing... Now, we, we decided to do something Oscar-y because we're both into that. And that's really where I kind of 
came to know you was from your Oscar coverage over the last several months. So we decided to do our favorite Oscar winning performances, right? And just so everybody listening knows, that's best actor, best actress, and then also the supporting actor and actress as well. So all four major acting categories are eligible. But Jonathan, you (laughs) wanted to do the last like 10 years. And I'm assuming that's because of your age, right? A hundred percent. Okay. All right. So so do you get into older stuff or or no? I mean, do you visit old movies? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying. I'm like trying to catch up, but I would be lying if I said I knew whatever from the past. So (laughs) I'm catching up. Right. So we're going to do our favorite performances and the eligibility is from 2010 until this most recent Oscars, which would have been for the year 2020. So really for the last decade. And we're going to pick our top five performances from those actors and actresses that touched us the most, that we enjoyed the most. So when you were coming up with your list, Jonathan, um, was this hard for you? I mean, did you have to kind of dive in or did these come to you right away? I mean, a, a little bit. Honestly, it was a lot easier than I thought. Okay. You know, no no shade, but like looking back on like the 2010s forward, I don't know, like not not that great in terms of like winners. Like at least in my opinion, you know, I look at like best actor, just for example, I look at like from the 2010 on, I would change like. 70 80 percent of them you're talking about the ones that we were looking at for this you mean right right yeah i I kind of i I tend to agree i was looking at it too i I did that little spreadsheet i sent you i don't know if you checked that out yeah yeah but i sent that to you and it had all the you know eligible winners that we'll be discussing tonight or that would be open for us to choose tonight and i was surprised how many i had kind of forgotten about because i've been you know following the oscars for a long time but in their respective years they were a big deal and i was Mm -hmm. thinking about them and they were in the race and like People were predicting them to win, and obviously they did if they were on that spreadsheet I sent you. But I kind of forgot about a bunch of them. So there was like half of them that I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that he or she even won that year. So that's strange, right? That They didn't didn't really stand the test of time, a lot of them, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I I see a lot of people being like, you know what we should do is we should wait like two years and then do the Oscars for whatever, because like longevity, people forget these movies. And your point just speaks exactly to it. I mean, look at like the 2011 movie. For right. the 2012 Oscars, I mean, like the artist is like fine, like it's you know it's fine. Sure, I don't, yeah. I don't, like does it's, anyone be like, oh my god, Jean Dujardin was like a fucking powerhouse. Performance. Where is like, he? Well, I, I mean, where is he? Where's he been the last ten years? I mean, I, the know. last thing I remember is his like cameo in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But it's like, like yeah, exactly. No shade, yeah. but you know, no. I mean, he's what he's is. a better actor than I am. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not gonna try to go act in a silent film. That's for sure. So. Yeah. uh yeah, so I mean, we're going to get into our top fives. So when we do, I'm assuming some of this conversation is going to come up, but I do want to talk a little bit about this past Oscars race, but I also don't like spoiling stuff at the top, you know, like anybody that might be on your list or my list. So I think yeah. what's best, Jonathan, if you're cool with it, man, we'll just go ahead and get into our top fives. And then if for some reason these actors or actresses don't come up, I'll make sure to ask you about them and kind of get your insight on what you thought about the race this past year. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right, man, let's fire it up. Jonathan from the film drunk or the film drunk. I guess that's just your nickname, the film drunk. Yeah, I guess, I guess yeah, so. Yeah. I, I, know, I don't know. It's a whole brand you got going over there, man. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You got a fan. You got cool. a fan in me, brother. So why Appreciate don't you? It. Yeah, man. So why don't you get us started with your number five Oscar winning performance of the last 10 years, man? Who you got? All right. So this this might be a hot take because I feel like I've seen some people be like, this one is like not deserved. Um, so I guess we're, you know, good content. <laughs> it's uh, Emma Stone and La La Land. Oh, well, so. 
Let me say something yeah. for you. I want you to talk yeah, a little yeah. bit go, about go your. Go for it. Go for it. I didn't tell you up front, but I mean, I do like you to kind of you know elaborate on your picks for mm-hmm. sure. But I do want to say yeah. something. I've been following you recently, and I know you love Chazelle, and I know you love yeah. La La Land, and I also love La La Land very much. A spoiler alert: This is not on my list, but I do love Emma Stone. I, I, I don't know, man. What do you think about? Do you think she should? I guess you thought. I guess you think she should have won that year, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, I, all right. I I do. Okay, part of it. Part of it is like 100% bias. Emma Stone is like one of my favorite actresses, and sure. selfishly, she's from Arizona, which is where I am. Yeah. So fair. we 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 claim her as our own, even though I think she like left to California when she was like really young. Whatever, we claim her. <laughs> you you are 100% correct. La La Land was. You know, I've always liked movies. You know, I would never say no to like going to a theater with my friends or whatever. I did not want to see La La Land at all because I knew it was a romance musical movie, like a whole bunch of Oscars, whatever. I didn't care. And I watched it and then it was like something just like broke like in my brain like a few days after where it just I could not like forget about it. Mm -hmm. And just that whole combination, maybe it's partly because La La Land, the movie is so strong for me that I just kind of bring her up with me. But I, I have to put her in my top five so that's controversial but well i mean i I think that's fair to say i think you're you're right a lot of people i don't know that she was the consensus pick that year uh i guess oh yeah definitely not best most pc way to put it i do love her and as an extension i love that movie the vibrant colors now it's funny that you said what you said jonathan because la la land's come up on the show before it's made a couple different lists that i've done that it's fit into and i've mentioned a few different times my regular listeners will know this story but i don't like musicals like i'm not a huge Same. musicals guy like you know I've, I've been to a few and i like seeing them kind of live on the stage like i saw hamilton a couple years ago i saw wicked five or six years ago like i like that kind of shit you know but mm-hmm. i'm not really a musicals to the big screen kind of guy which is why i like la la land so much which i think is kind of what you're saying is that it just really like i went into it going i'm gonna hate this like my wife wants to watch this this is gonna be horrible <laughs> yeah. she wants to swoon over ryan gosling and they're gonna be singing a bunch of you know <laughs> yeah but it really like the story really got to me it was really impressive mm-hmm. i really loved the homage to hollywood in it old hollywood and the way they kind of paid homage to that yeah i mean it gets its share of criticism from you know the white guy saving jazz music or whatever (laughs) right right you know yeah that's a tough narrative to fight right there sure sure but i I respect the pick and i would like to say i'm surprised jonathan but i knew you're a huge fan of of this movie so but i didn't know where you stood on emma stone's win so i guess i guess i know now i guess you were on you were in the emma stone camp i just i just like her too much i like the movie too much you think that's your favorite performance of hers putting you on the spot um yes really yeah well, i'm gonna be yeah. i'm gonna be talking about another movie here in a minute so i don't want to mention it now but i think her best performance is in another film that i'll talk about that she was nominated for and didn't win for but we'll get there mm, okay. all right all right so my number five is now this is going to spark conversation now i'm a podcast guy i'm doing this thing on youtube so obviously i'm trying to get <laughs> get a little clicks here right but this is my <laughs> true pick when I was narrowing down, and I only have eight in front of me. So I have my five, and then I have a few honorables that we'll talk about later. So what Mm -hmm. ended up falling at my number five, which also is going to lead into a conversation I want to have with you, is probably the most controversial win of this year's Oscars, and that's Anthony Hopkins in his Mm. performance in The Father, and that is my number five. 
uh, I mean, you know, this film really shining a light, right, on, on dementia and on old age and being alone and loneliness and your family leaving you. And Anthony Hopkins, man, is just like, got to be one of the best of all time. I mean, he's always firing yeah. on all cylinders. And I feel like they could take his performance in any number of films and play it at a film school and just be like, just if you want to be an actor, guys, just watch this for two hours. And it's literally like Anthony Hopkins would be teaching these kids how they should be acting in different scenarios. And the father was a very, you know, touching and charismatic performance. I mean, he had funny moments in it where he was very boisterous. And then there were other moments where he was really heartfelt and just like gut-wrenching, especially towards the last act of the film, when the loneliness was starting to kind of creep into his life there and to us as the viewer. But I love this performance. It was a very tender performance, one of the best of his career, if not the best. I mean, I might throw Hannibal Lecter as his best one, just because I'm a horror fanatic, and I, that was just very special to me. But other than that, I mean, this is probably his best performance, in my opinion. Now, with that being said, I wanted to ask your opinion on what happened, because he won, and myself included, I think everybody had Chadwick Boseman winning that posthumously. How did you feel about how that kind of unfolded what do you think about this pick man yeah i mean that it's a great pick it's on my honorable mentions uh it, it, like instantly one of the best in the best actor field in terms of just a winner mm -hmm. uh yeah in terms of him winning that was uh pretty messy not in terms of because he won but how they structured it obviously yeah. which you know has been litigated over and over again yeah but i mean it, it's a tough situation because like you i did have chadwick boseman and I know people say it's just about the performance. It's just about the performance. That's kind of a lie. Like yeah, narrative not does matter. Yeah. Like narrative 100% matters in a lot of things. And it's tough because part of you does want Chadwick Boseman to win. Mm -hmm. And then another part of you is just like Anthony Hopkins gave like the greatest performance like <laughs> like of the of the year. That it is, is like crazy. Amazing. I yeah. mean, he's 83 right. and watching him in this movie, it was like. I don't know. It was like watching like Michael Jordan drop like 55 or something. Right. Just, yeah. He's just a master. The top of his craft, man. And, um, you know, I, I did say when we had a couple of our Patreon exclusive, like kind of Oscar previews or whatever, I did say if anybody was going to beat Chadwick, that it would be Hopkins. But I never in a million years yeah. would have thought that would have happened. I just would have thought the, you know, kind of like the narrative that was going on in pop culture with him passing away and wanting to honor his legacy. And I mean, it was a great performance, too. I don't want to lose sight of that in Ma Rainey's. Yeah. Definitely. So it was a phenomenal performance. And kind of like what you said, it's like it would have been cool for him to win it. But then you go, well, yeah, Anthony Hopkins just did what he did in The Father. And it's like unbeatable. You know, it's just undefeated. So I don't mm -hmm. know. It's a, it's a tough one, but I also see them doing now to your point, though. Why did they fuck that up so bad at the end of that broadcast? Like, why did they do the? Do you think that was Soderbergh or what do you think that was there? Yeah, I mean, I, I've read a few articles and interviews. Apparently, Soderbergh said that was always a part of the plan. And someone from the Academy even like doubled down on it, saying like, yeah, in, in our opinion, it kind of worked out because it got people talking or whatever, whatever, <laughs> oh which is a God. pretty which is a pretty bad double down, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, um, you messed up. Yeah, Let's yeah, own it. Seemed, yeah. Yeah. It's like a producer standpoint. They wanted to end. I I would presume a Chadwick Boseman win. Right. But I don't know why they would do that because there was so much talk about Hopkins possibly upsetting. And if you read the anonymous ballots, the BAFTA win it was very feasible. So they yeah. took a risk and did not pay off. Well, you know, I was looking through the eight that I, that I ended up settling on and I was ordering them around. And I was like, all right, you know, it's got to be Hopkins in my top five. So he's my number five. So over to you, man, for your four. What do you got, Jonathan? This slot was probably the toughest, to be honest, because 
I'm not even like 100% sure, but I, I locked it in earlier today. I don't even know how people really feel about this one either, but it's Natalie Portman and Black Swan. Oh, crossover. Ding, 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 brother. Uh, I 150% of behind you on this pick, but go ahead and talk about it. But I agree. Yeah, I mean, so I'm very late to Black Swan. Like insanely late because let's see, 2010, I would have been like 12 years old. I did not watch Black Swan. I promise you I did not watch Black Swan. I watched Toy Story 3 and like the social (laughs) network and that was like the most prestigious thing I ever watched. Sure. So I caught up on Black Swan like later and I was just like pretty blown away because Darren Aronofsky, the director of Black Swan, that was not my intro to him. The the, the intro for Aronofsky to me was Mother. Oh, wow. Yikes. Okay. It's <laughs> just, I mean, what a what a movie to get introduced to a director from. I'm surprised but, you carried on after that. After that. <laughs> I know, I know. My opinion on Mother is just like, that was great. It's like a very well done movie. I never want to watch it again. Exactly. Yeah. Rewatchability is super low on that movie. Yeah. But Black Swan really blew me away. And I thought I've like I've never really been like huge on Natalie Portman. I've always thought she was like just like a fine actress, like very mm-hmm. popular or whatever. She like really blew me away on Black Swan. Like well, the two sides, everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I I will piggyback on you here in a minute because it's coming up on my list. So I'll save a little bit of commentary for when we get there. In the Mm -hmm. meantime, my number four is a supporting actor win for one of the greatest villains in in recent movie history. But in this movie, he plays a bit of an anti-hero and kind of saves the day in a roundabout kind of way. But it's Christoph Waltz from Django Unchained Mm -hmm. is is my number four. Dr. King Schultz in that movie. Are you a fan of Tarantino, buddy? Obviously, right? I am, yeah. Yeah. This is probably my second or third Tarantino behind Inglorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction. So it's probably like my third favorite film of his. But I love, I mean, Tarantino has a knack for doing a, just a great revenge story. I mean, you can look at the Kill Bill films, uh, Jackie Brown. You can look at any number of the narratives in his, in his films. And he loves to kind of write in that revenge arc. And Django Unchained was awesome as, as a movie, but specifically Dr. King Schultz in this movie. Christoph Waltz just plays this like really charismatic just kind of like he's he's playing both sides right you, you get the sense that he's yeah. playing both sides throughout the course of the whole film and then like i said mm-hmm. he really kind of ends up getting his comeuppance in the end and really helping Django and doing the right thing so to speak which back then was probably right. not a popular thing that was done by you know the owners yeah. and, the, and the white guys back then but he does and I, I mean he's just so awesome as an actor man like i love christoph waltz and everything i've seen him in and he i feel like I mean, this is the one he won the award for. So it's the one that's eligible for this list that we're talking about tonight. But are you a fan right. of his? You a fan of this movie? Hundred percent. Yeah, I I think I actually agree with you. I think Django would be my number three for Tarantino. Uh, Bastards number one. Yeah, probably yeah. Pulp Fiction number two. Hey, look at there. So we got our matchup on top three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Christoph Waltz. I mean, I'm glad he kind of like worked again with Tarantino because in Glorious Bastards with him, it's not eligible here. But if it was, I mean, my God, him yeah. and, and that is like amazing. So for him to go back with Django and then win again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great, man. I mean, like I said, he, he's kind of villainous, right? Like even in a movie like Water for Elephants, which was kind of this like, I don't know if you ever saw that. It was like a romantic kind of drama with Reese Witherspoon and he was yeah. in that and uh, Robert Pattinson was the love interest for her in that. Yep. Even in that movie, like he just takes it to a whole nother place. Like you don't think when you're going into Water for Elephants that you're going to see this like really sinister, just evil bastard uh, acting portrayal. But he just has a knack for being able to really pull that off. And in this movie, I thought it was really cool because we know him for that. And there's there's Mm -hmm. hints of that in there. But he just really does such a beautiful job of just that juxtaposition of being the good guy and the bad guy and kind of playing both sides. And as the viewer, you never really know where he is. And then you kind of find out at the end. But I just think his acting is really what pulled that off. So I wanted to give him a shout out. That's my number four. Jonathan, what do you got at three, man? 
Yeah, my number three supporting actor probably has like 20 minutes of screen time. Uh, it's Mahershala Ali in uh, Moonlight. Yeah, it bums me out that he wasn't in that movie more, man. Great pick, by the way. Uh, great pick. I, yeah. you know, I supported him winning, and I think he should have won, and obviously you do too. Wow, that movie was just Barry Jenkins is awesome. I love the movie. Not to be super controversial on critiquing it too much because it's a masterpiece. <laughs> but yeah. if I had to critique it, that was my favorite storyline was when he was in it, and it was just so sparse. I felt like that just disappointed me a little bit, and kind of being selfish in that way. Because think yeah. of just think if we'd gotten so much more of that character, how great it would have been, you know. But talk a little yeah, bit about it. I, it's a great pick. Yeah, I mean, I. I agree with you that is like that was like my favorite essentially chunk since the movie's basically in three parts that was my favorite part of the movie with him in it mm-hmm. and when i first watched it and i knew he already won for it and then i watched it again i was like man i forgot he's like barely in this movie yeah and it kind of it does kind of bum you out but i think that kind of speaks to almost why it's so great because it does bum you out when he leaves mm-hmm. like 20 minutes into the movie because he like owned like every scene without having any like crying or yelling, which I'm always fine with. But it's super <laughs> like subtle performance, but that also like manages to like blow you away in like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So can't can't get better than that. Yeah, <laughs> was that was that that was the year with the mix up with the La La Land, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, were you into the Oscars at that point? Did you see that when it played out? A little bit, not live. <laughs> um, but oh, man, man, I can't imagine if that happened like now. Well, they could have used that this year something like that <laughs> you know what yeah fair point fair point <laughs> they could have used something like that this year all right that's a great pick man um you know Mahershala Ali has won for other stuff which I don't think will come up tonight this is nope. the performance that I support him winning for for sure the movie that I support it's a masterpiece Barry Jenkins is is the man uh just such a great visual storyteller I feel like I don't want to mention any other movies because they're also in play here but I love the pick man great pick my number yeah. three you already mentioned would be Miss Natalie Portman all the way back to 2010 nice. for Nina for portraying Nina Sayers in Black Swan. Uh, Aronofsky, you mentioned the filmmaker. You know, he can be hit or miss. He tends to hit for me. I like a lot of his stuff. In fact, you mentioned Mother would probably rank like last in his filmography for me, and I still liked it uh, quite a bit. Yeah. But Black Swan was so cool, man, because... Again, it's this dual dual roles, right? And this kind of old fable of the Swan Princess and this kind of dark, twisted version of that and told through his lens makes it even fucking crazier because Aronofsky is a bit of a maniac. <laughs> and he films movies that way. Uh, you know, he films movies that kind of match his personality in a way, I feel like. And Natalie Portman... I mean, it had to be just a daunting task for her to take this role on, and she really killed it. I mean, there's a reason why she was the front runner that entire year to win the Oscar, and eventually she did. Um, you know, she's she's sexy, she's tragic. Uh, you know, she's funny at times and quirky at times. But this movie is just like it's really interesting, right? Because it's one of those movies where you're watching it and you feel like you shouldn't be, like you feel like you're seeing something like this is bad, like I shouldn't be watching this, but you can't not watch it, and it's because of intoxicating performances like hers, namely hers yep. in this yep. movie that movie fails if you can't buy the actress that's right yeah 100%. absolutely man so you know she leads that i mean you got great supporting roles i remember from you know mila kunis winona Ryder's in there uh vincent cassell has a, has a great kind of slime ball role in the movie a young sebastian stands in that movie uh so there's a lot of cool little you know supporting uh performances in that movie that that speak to me too but i love this movie it's one of the very few movie posters i own black swan so i have this mm-hmm. movie poster nice. with natalie portman on it kind of like the good and bad natalie portman uh 
Uh, it's a cool yeah. little split screen poster I have. But I love this movie, and we matched up there, so that's my number three. So we're we're looking good here, Jonathan. How you feel, man? You're up. To, we're up to our runner ups. What do you got at number two, buddy? Yeah. Um. Yeah. My number two is Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea. Okay. Good one. Probably. I, I thought about it, but it didn't make my list. Good one though. Yeah. I mean, you know, e- easily like one of the best best actor performances since the 2010s um that movie just i mean first of all freaking devastating movie i mean it's like not really a fun hang and this is like a weird flex that like not it's not a flex but for like you and audience i have never cried during a movie and i consider crying when like the tear falls right my yeah. eyes will water sure. i don't consider that crying i don't know maybe i should but no, manchester by the sea up. very yeah manchester by the sea is like very close <laughs> it was very close for me crying and casey affleck I did not know he like had that like performance in him. That was the thing that that's what I was actually going to say when you got done is that that was what I loved about his performance is that it was so unexpected. Like he had never done anything really, you know, forgive me if I'm forgetting something, but he had been in comedies and action movies and, you know, he had done some dramatic stuff. I can't remember if Ghost Story was before or after this, but he uh, he had done some stuff in that realm. But I just remember going, wow, this guy just, you know, took the power up and he's at a new level. Like, I didn't think he could do this. You know, that's what I took away from it. And I did support him winning it that year. You know, he had a little bit of controversy with the sexual misconduct yeah. stuff and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about optics earlier and like, you know, how that matters. So I didn't know if that was going to hurt him, but he did end up winning it that year. And I think it was well-deserved if you're just looking at the performance. And you're right, man. Just an emotional. It's just, this is probably, <laughs> yeah. this is probably another one that we're not rushing to rewatch really because it's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tragic. <laughs> it really but. is. But it's a beautiful film. It's a great film, man. Great pick. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites that year. So Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea is your number two. Now, my number two is truthfully not even close to my favorite performance from this actor. It's another supporting actor win that I'm going to pick here pretty recently too, not last year, but the year before, Mr. Brad Pitt. And here's Tarantino mm. again in Once Upon a Time oh, in Hollywood wow. is my runner up. And the reason I'm putting Brad Pitt on this list is because it should be a crime that this is only Academy Award, okay? But it yeah. is. I mean, this guy's like Leo, where it's like every time he's on screen, it's like, give the guy a fucking award, like put this performance in a museum, <laughs> you know? And yep. he just hasn't gotten the accolades, at least from the Academy, but he finally did, and really all of award season, you know, leading up to the Oscars too. He was kind of the darling that year for the supporting actor role. And, you know, to be fair, I'm naming him here, and I also think I'm doing what the Academy did two years ago, and they're naming him because of his veteran status in Hollywood. I mean, he is an actor that has endured, that always gives 100%, 100% percent. Yeah. I mean, every single performance, no matter what kind of movie it is, no matter what he's doing, he always is memorable. He always stands out. He is such a reliable draw for, you know, for producers. Uh, Audiences Mm -hmm. love him. Actors love working with him. He is just, he's a career actor. You know, he is a career Hollywood dude. And I feel like in this movie, he was able to, you know, it's Cliff Booth. He was able to be the kind of cool guy that he probably is in real life, you know, (laughs) just like, you know, teleport back to a different time in the 60s, 1969. I mean, the movie's great. I love the movie. It's not like we mentioned earlier. It's not anywhere near my favorite Tarantino, but I really did enjoy it. And he's probably my favorite part in it. I know some people might say Leo, who also got nominated that year. But Mm -hmm. I mean, Brad Pitt's what I take away from this movie. And it's really his career that I'm kind of 
naming here, but this is sure. the this is the Academy Award that he won. Are you a fan of of Pitt in general? And how about in this movie? Yeah, I, I definitely am. I mean, first of all, I think he should have won for Moneyball in the, the 2011 movies for 2012 Oscars. Mm. Uh, but whatever, that's a different story. I'm glad you mentioned the Brad Pitt performance because it's not on my list, but I definitely really liked it. And I don't know if you saw that tweet that's been going around where it was like, there's no world in which these four performances were the best of 2019. And it had the pictures of the Oscar winners that mm. year. No, so I it didn't. was, you know, Renee Zellweger, right. uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Laura Dern and Brad Pitt. Right. And I was like, man, like people like really like agree with this. Yeah. It's like, I agree with some of that, but I don't know. I like Brad Pitt in that movie. I mean, I could see it, you know, I don't have in front of me who he was up against, but I can see it. But, you know, he was the front runner that whole year. So we were just talking yeah. about Chadwick Boseman, for example. So Chadwick Boseman was our arguably the front runner, the whole Oscars. So the Oscars did something kind of crazy there where they like didn't pick the front runner, but typically speaking, they're pretty predictable. Uh, you know, yeah. every once in a while you'll have a parasite or you'll have a Hopkins and the father, like every once in a while. But generally speaking, they kind of go with the flow in terms of who's the front runner. And Brad Pitt, mm -hmm. you say whatever you want to say. I've already said it actually at the top. It's not my favorite performance is by any means. You mentioned Moneyball. You know, I mean, he's phenomenal in movies that are not Oscar-y in any way, like Fight Club. Yeah. He's just yeah. tremendous in that Seven. movie. Seven. I mean, the guy is just like unstoppable when it comes to acting. Mm -hmm. I mean, he can do any role at any time. So it's not my favorite. And I see what the Academy was doing there is they're like, he's overdue, basically. Exactly. exactly. I mean, you look at an actress like Glenn Close. I mean, how many times is she going to lose before they're finally like, <laughs> all right, guys, like we, you know, we yeah. have to get close. Let's <laughs> like, award, you know. Yeah. So I feel like it was the same boat, but I do love him so, so much in this movie. And I don't want that to be, you know, kind of missed here in what I'm saying, because I'm not, I'm not glazing over his performance. I thought it was the mm -hmm. best performance in the movie, especially that last, that last act, you know, when the, when they oh, break, yeah. when they break in the house with the dog and he's kind of high so or whatever. And like, oh man, he just Amazing. does such a fucking good job at that, man. So. Cliff Booth, Brad Pitt yeah. is my runner-up. All right, man. So we are up to our number ones, Jonathan. And so far, just the one crossover with Black Swan. So let's see. I think I, I've been listening to you for a few months, man. I might be able to guess, but, Maybe. I'm, not, but, I'm, but I'm not going to. But go ahead. What, what's your number one, man? All right. Yeah, my uh, my number one My number one's actually pretty easy, if I'm being real. It's it's a supporting performance. It's J.K. Sin Whiplash. You're goddamn right it is. And that's what I, that's what I would have guessed. Uh, yep, okay. It's, it's yep. right outside of my top five. It, it would have fell, fallen at my number six, uh, but I think it's tremendous. And I was pretty sure because I knew about your love for Chazelle. I was pretty yeah. sure you would give this performance some love. Talk a little bit about it, man. Whiplash is a fucking great movie. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, because of my age, you know, J.K. Simmons, I just knew as J. Jonah Jameson in mm -hmm. Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi movies. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's like kind of obnoxious, kind of funny, cool, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I just kind of forget about it. And then Whiplash comes out and... First of all, the first time I watched it, it was on a laptop with headphones in. And I was, I'm pretty sure I did not breathe during that movie. Hands sweating. And J.K. Simmons, I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is J. Jonah Jameson. I was like, what, what is this? And I made my entire friend group watch it and we watched it and they all loved it. And J.K. Simmons, I mean, the most like memorable performance there. And I remember that year because part of me kind of feels bad for Ethan Hawke mm -hmm. in Boyhood. That year, I remember when that movie, everyone was like, this is Ethan Hawke's time like to win an Oscar. Yeah. And then you run into a LeBron James like J.K. Simmons and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. But I mean, God damn, like what a what a performance. It really was, man. It really was. Uh, you hated him. You were just intrigued. You could not watch mm -hmm. him. You know, I mean, he was just so intoxicating and alluring in that movie. And, you know, Miles Teller was great, too. But, I mean, make no mistake, oh, yeah. J.K. Simmons fucking carried that movie. <laughs> and that character itself is, like, very complex. 
because first you're just like this guy's a dick abusive and whatever mm -hmm. and then in that scene where they're like talking you like kind of like not really see where he's coming from but you don't see that he's just like an abusive like prick for no reason basically mm -hmm. right and that's that's due to jk simmons and the writer Giselle. yeah absolutely man so whiplash versus la la land what do you got um anybody man, ever asked see, you that before did you get that on your q a anybody ever asked no, you that? I, that's a good I, I one don't though. actually it is if i'm being i think la la land means more to me okay but if i'm being real i think whiplash might be like better like the mm -hmm. better movie yeah but if you're just asking me, like, which one would I rather, like, take and hold with me, it would be La La Land. Okay, interesting. I, I probably would say La La Land, too. I think uh, mm -hmm. La La Land uh, La La Land is, is a funner, like, watch. Like, yeah. watch <laughs> yeah. it and watch it more yeah. frequently and have, you know. Not as stressful. Fun with it, watch it with the family, that kind of shit. You're not really doing that with Whiplash, you know. No. <laughs> so, I'll give my dad a heart attack. Oh, man. Um, okay, so there you go. Your number one's Whiplash. The only thing left to reveal is my number one. And we were just on the topic a little bit of, of La La Land, so I'll go ahead and talk a little bit about Emma Stone, too. But what I'm picking at number one is Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. Nice. The Yorgos Lanthimos picture that she won for a couple of years ago. Uh, I love him. I love his style of filmmaking, similar to what we were talking about with Aronofsky earlier. He just has a really keen mm -hmm. eye. And he used, I don't know if you know, but I, I read that and it made sense after seeing the movie, but he used all natural light in The Favorite. So he shot yeah. that movie with natural light, which I don't know how intimate you are with filmmaking, but that's fucking crazy <laughs> to be doing that <laughs> yeah. in 2018 yeah, or whatever it was. Um, right. But he did, you know. And it harkened back to Kubrick a little bit in that way, because uh, Kubrick made a name for doing that himself back in the 70s as well um, with Barry Lyndon. So I love that. I love the style of filmmaking. I love the way it looks, right? But Olivia Coleman takes this character of Queen Anne, and, uh, you know, of course, the script and, and his direction have a lot to do with it, too. But her performance, I mean, this is a very tragic, like, tortured historical figure that she's portraying. You know, she lost 27, I think, children, either in childbirth or shortly thereafter. That 27 of her kids died uh, prior <laughs> to them reaching you know they were just newborns or whatever i mean think about having to live through that and having to go over that time and time and time again and she has this intimate kind of forbidden romance with emma or um uh, rachel vice rachel vice's character thank you wow, yeah, I yeah. forgot for a second rachel vice's character <laughs> and that storyline's going on too and then emma stones get, gets introduced to it as well and you have kind of this like love triangle trifecta thing going on and what i was going to say earlier jonathan not to take anything away from la la land but i think this is emma stone's best performance i feel like the three mm, of oh, Wow. Um, I feel like the three of them in this movie gave their best performances in the same movie, uh, which mm. speaks to just the power that was around this this project and this production. But yeah, Olivia Coleman, and she won me over with this movie. I didn't really know her prior to this movie, and now I'm fucking me like too. infatuated with her. <laughs> like I love oh, her. Oh, she's the best. Uh, just so good, man. And anytime I see her giving a speech or she's on a talk show, I'm like watching it on YouTube. Like she's just so like fun to watch, and she's such a charming, just endearing, like nice person, you know. And she's also yeah. I mean her. Her winning speech. Oh, that was amazing. Right. That was she good. won. I mean, no disrespect to Glenn Close, but like, I'm happy <laughs> Olivia Coleman won because she should have. Man, yes. Uh, poor Glenn Close, man. I, we we <laughs> yeah, couldn't put her rough. on here. She hasn't won, you know? It's rough. She'll um, get her time. She's got to get it at some point. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Olivia Coleman for the favorite is my number one. That might surprise people that don't listen to the show regularly. Any regular listeners are probably like, oh, okay, yeah. Because they know I love that movie. That was one of my top five movies of the year that year. And yeah. Uh, She's a big part better of it. Better than Green Book. <laughs> yeah, better than Green Book, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. You guys noticed we didn't mention any Green Book performances. <laughs> no, uh, no, this, sorry. On this app. All right, man. Well, uh, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, Jonathan. It's just a quick promo break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up our top fives and then we'll give whatever honorable mentions you have. Okay, so hang tight. We'll be cool. right back. 
Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, guys, welcome back. Jonathan, the film drunk is here. First time guest. So excited to have him. And we just had a great discussion about our favorite Oscar winning performances the last 10 years. Pretty all over the place, Jonathan. Why don't you remind everybody what you had? What was your top five again? Yeah, number five, controversial. Emma Stone, La La Land. Four, Natalie Portman and Black Swan. Three, Mahersha Ali and Moonlight. Two, Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea. And one, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. Great list, man. My number five was Anthony Hopkins, the most recent one. He just won for The Father. My number four was Christoph Waltz in Django Unchained. My number three was Natalie Portman from Black Swan. My number two was Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time. I'm in Hollywood, and my number one was Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne in The Favorite. All right, man. All so, good. yeah, brother. So, great list. Only the one crossover. I got to be honest, when I kind of like what you said at the top when we were doing our intro, I was a little worried, Jonathan, with that we might have quite a bit of crossover because it was a bit of a shallow pool. <laughs> yeah. For I performances, know. but luckily we only had the one, so we had a lot more, you know, conversation. Now, with yeah. that with that being said, I usually round out my top 10, but I'm not going to do that tonight because I wanted to be authentic. So, I've only got three more that really were like close to me, and you've already mentioned one of them. But what honorable mentions did you have over there that didn't break your top five man yeah so i i kind of tried to get one from each category if i could so we already mentioned anthony hopkins and the father i mean just fucking amazing mm-hmm. uh viola davis and fences even Good though one. that kind of is category fraud a little bit if i'm being real whatever that happens all the time yeah uh lupita nyong'o 12 years a slave there you go i thought was, that one was amazing and uh daniel kaluuya uh, this past year judas and the black messiah Good and, one, man. Uh, yeah good one yeah another one that was a front runner the whole season that was never really in doubt you know yeah so, so yeah you mentioned uh jk simmons would have been my six for whiplash lupita nyong'o for 12 years a slave would have been my number seven and then alice and janney playing uh the mother of tanya mm. harding and i tanya she won supporting actress for that and yeah. definitely definitely the performance of her career just that kind of trailer trash mom that was sm- <laughs> smoking and drinking and you know could be argued yep. that possibly led her kid down a certain path but you know i guess that depends on <laughs> what uh right. what your viewpoint is all right i'm man, just so- glad we don't have rami malik from bohemian rhapsody honestly what would you have done if i picked that yikes you, Ooh, would you I have disconnected you would have, you would have hung up right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i would have just stayed silent the whole time <laughs> no you know let me, let's touch on that real quick john now sure rami malik i like him okay i, I know it, it sounds bad we were talking earlier about you know no shade or whatever i just don't how did that win man it's just like the teeth and the like I don't, it won editing. It won editing. Oh, it was such a oh poorly my, edited no. movie. Oh, I, I, the God. I feel like I'm like shaking in my seat. Like, <laughs> I feel like they're like us. Some, some of these, like you understand at the time. And then as you know, time goes on, then you look back and you're like, okay, that's probably not the right pick. This one, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malik, that was bad in the for me. When it won editing, I was like, what the, f- like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I mean, that keeps me up at night. 
It's and crazy. Bradley man. Cooper is Oscarless because of that, and oh, it just it hurts my feelings. It's so crazy, man. It really is. And I like Rami Malek. I just don't see how that. You know, if you want to give him a nomination, okay, but I just don't see how that yeah. wins. I really don't. And the editing thing, oh my God. I, I remember, um, and I don't even get into really like the subcategories, like really into them, but I can remember when they announced it won Best Editing, that I was just sitting there, my mouth was literally open for like five minutes, because I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, that could not I was like, oh, I, right. I, guess, I guess I don't know what good editing is then, oh I guess, God. if that's the winner. God, dude. Um, okay. Oh, man. What i like to do to round out the episode, Jonathan, before I let you go, man, is we head over to social media over on Facebook specifically. Guys, if you have not joined up yet, please check the show notes and join up to our Facebook fan community, because that is where I interact with my fans the most. And we're going to open up the old suggestion box, Jonathan. That's what we call it. We're going to see what the fans had to say over there, okay? All right. So Travis Crawford says Colin Firth in the King's Speech. Now, that goes all the way back to 2010, too. Are you a fan of that? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I'm not. Go ahead. Do you like Colin Firth, though? I mean, he's okay. He's yeah. all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's yeah, great. He's, fine. he's great. Uh, get the King's Speech out of here. <laughs> no good with that one, right? Let's see. Um, Josh Ragland, a patron of the show, says, I loved Sam Rockwell and McDormand in Three Billboards, Kaluuya in Judas, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time. We didn't mention Sam Rockwell. I considered him for Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Do you like that movie? I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I definitely don't love it like a lot of people did, but if it's you're, not good performances. If you're uh, giving McDormand an award for only one of them, are you giving it to her for three billboards or Nomadland? Um, tough. Uh, popular opinion, I, I would actually give it to Nomadland. Really? I would probably say three billboards. Nomadland, I felt like she was yeah. too subdued. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I'm biased with Carrie Mulligan this year, but I mean, even oh, if, yeah, you, yeah. Even, if you t- even if you take that out of the equation, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Her and Three Billboards just, it felt too much like this is Francis McDormand playing Francis McDormand. <laughs> right, right. That, sure. that, that's the only thing with it. I don't even disagree with that, though. I mean, she, sure. she was great. Sure, I agree with you, too. Uh, Sam Hurley says Brie Larson for Room. There you go, Captain Marvel in Room. There you go. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Whiplash, Natalie Portman for Black Swan, Allison Janney for I, Tanya, and then he also said Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards. What do you think about Brie Larson winning for Room? That that was a, I remember, I feel yeah, like that, that was, was a surprise was... pick at the time, right? She was an underdog. L- a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if I if I remember vaguely, I believe so. I mean, for some reason, the Oscars like to like award like a young actress like in her like mid late twenties with the mm-hmm. best actress, but she was an honorable mention for my honorable mention. Yeah, very. So, that's another. Go. That's another. I don't need to rewatch anytime soon. Yeah, that uh, that's a tough one to watch. Too. <laughs> a very very emotional movie, but a yeah. great performance by her though. I agree with Sam there. Uh, Joe Ketchum says J.K. Simmons. Uh, you young June from Minari. I'm surprised you didn't mention that one. I know you love her, and I know you love Minari. <laughs> did, did, did yeah, you, you know, think about like, it? If there's any of like, yeah, I, I thought about it. Yeah. If there's any of my subscribers listening, they probably just expect me to just put that on because. <laughs> well, you uh, claimed her. You claimed bit. her as your grandma, right? I claimed that whole damn cast. Um, but uh, yeah, she she was great, but yeah. um, not not here. I, I agree. She was awesome. I was so glad she won though. I mean, she was my pick. Oh yeah, for supporting. I was so she so good. Another speech that was just to die for. She was hitting on Brad Pitt. We were just talking about Brad Pitt. They yeah, were, that was great. That was I great. would too. Yeah, I would too. Absolutely. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a great moment. Uh, Joe also mentions Jennifer Lawrence for Silver Linings Playbook. We didn't mention that one. You, you see that one? Uh, uh, yeah, that's a no. She did good though. She um, that's the one where she plays like a drug addict, right? Or is it um, or she has like mental Does, problems or something? She ha- yeah, she has like a, a like a mental. 
Yeah. Um, like bipolar, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I remember I've that, only like, seen it the one time. I wasn't like blown away by that movie, but um, I remember she did pretty good in it. Let's see. Uh, Joey Mills says JK is the top of the list for Whiplash. Uh, Brad, oh, yeah. here's one that we haven't mentioned yet. Brad, my buddy and patron of the show, says Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. What do you think? It's it's good, but I I would not put it on there because to me, Leo in The Wolf of Wall Street is like miles ahead of the competition. But that, that's that just was me. that was the year he lost for that, right? Same yep. year, same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, another uh, we got another shout out for Colin Firth. So I know you'll like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me. Uh, you guys that, like what you like. <laughs> thank you, Chris Yanni. And then to wrap up, uh, Steve Kite says both of Francis McDormand's performances from Three Billboards and Nomadland would be his top two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you there know. You go. I asked you that a minute ago. I, I would probably lean towards Three Billboards. I don't know. Nomad Land was such a weird movie for me. Like, I, Chloe Zhao was the shining star of that movie for me. Like, the right. direction of it yeah. and the way it looked was amazing. I think mm-hmm. it was the best directed film of the year. It just didn't captivate me the most. Um, 100% agree. You know what I mean? Like, it looked the best. But it yeah. wasn't my favorite. I mean, know? there's just some movies that, you know, you just don't really click with for some reason. Like I clicked with Roma. So like I kind of thought I would click with something like this, but you know, mm. it just didn't just didn't happen. All right, Jonathan. Uh, I had a blast, man. Uh, I really want to thank you for coming on. And like I said, I've been yeah, following you over on socials for a while and uh, a big fan. And I love your video edits. I love what you're doing over there. So hopefully we continue this. You know, when I was talking to you, maybe you can come back on in the future because it was going to be between this or we were going to do our top five Oscar snubs of the last 10 years. Right. Which could be fun. So I could save that yeah. for you and you can come back and do that. I one. would love to come back. Absolutely. Man. Why don't you tell people real quick, though, a little bit about what you do, where they can find you, where they can look you up, man. Yeah. So uh, as mentioned, I have a channel on YouTube called The Film Drunk. Uh, it started during the lockdown last year and then it's kind of, but like, I don't know, got, gotten a decent amount. I do a lot of reviews, but like you mentioned, it is mostly with Oscar stuff. So lately I've done these like, I guess, montages of like the actors because the Oscars and do those so those have been pretty cool oh yeah but sure uh you can yeah you can find me on youtube at the film drunk or on twitter at the the film drunk as well yeah man and uh please follow him i'll make sure the information is in the show notes for jonathan too so you can check him out if you want to and uh you do great stuff over man uh, over there man thanks again for coming on brother i appreciate it no thanks for having me man all right man i'll talk i'll talk to you soon buddy